Thank you for listening to this chapel message, originally presented at Clark Summit University in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. With more than 70 on-campus and online programs, Clark Summit University prepares Christ-centered, career-ready graduates to make a difference around the world. We hope this is an encouragement to you today. Nice to be with you, and thanks for singing so well and staying with it. I get to a lot of different meetings and different church almost every Sunday now that I don't pastor, and uh, sometimes people sing, sometimes they yawn. Uh, Thank you for singing and worshiping. And we're going to talk about the human heart. You have an outline. Uh, Bring that every day if you could, because it helps us know when we're going to be done. I'm going to be done when I get to the bottom of the page, so that you know that. And I'm going to talk about uh, an issue, uh, let me turn this on, and talk about our hearts and what it means to take care of yourself. And uh, in, in three ways, look at this. But today, Philippians 2, 12, and 13, if you like to flip there on your phones or in your Bible, who takes care of your heart? Dr. Lytle and I went fishing the other day, and... I got the license. He said he'd put the boat into the lake. And that's the picture I took afterwards. So don't go fishing with him. And actually, it didn't really happen that way. That was with Jerry Falwell. Who's responsible for your heart? If you're a grouch, I met two of them as we came in today. Uh, no, it... it, it if you fail in your life in terms of obeying Christ, who's responsible? Who can we blame? And sometimes people say, well, God did that. A lady sang a solo once, and uh, she, I told her it was a good job, and she said, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. What does that mean? How do, uh, Philippians 2 kind of answers that. And I'd like to look at it. Both our hands are involved, both God's and mine, in my life. Some people are married. You know who you are if you're married. Anybody here married? Did God tell you to marry that girl? I I asked that once in a seminar about marriage, and a couple in the front row raised their hand. They said, actually, God told them to marry each other. I said, how's it working? And, of course, they had to say good. But how does it, what did God do and what was my part? This is a verse that says, work out your own good health with fear and trembling. In other words, we are responsible to gymnasio, to exercise, to do what God wants us to do for our lives. What is our part? Look at it, verse 12. But always we must know the context. Chapter 2 starts with, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if there's any comfort from his love, do you feel like you're loved by God? Is that comforting? If there's any fellowship with the Spirit, if there's any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being of one mind. Think the same. He's talking to a local church. You guys, he's saying... You take care of yourselves. You be of one mind. And then he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Whoa. 
but humility, consider others better than yourselves. That's hard to do. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, you should care about others. When I was in college, uh, we had a guy, we called him, that's nothing. Anything you'd say, he'd say, that's nothing, and he'd tell, uh, tell a bigger story. People do that easily. Look out not for your own interests, but for the interests of others. This is all hard work. And that's where the famous verse 5 comes in. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus our Lord, who humbled himself. So he set an example. Now after that, and Christ died for our sins, we'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, he, he promises a, a huge future for all of us, and every knee will bow, hello, every tongue will confess, oh my, that he is Lord someday. After that crescendo and huge teaching, verse 12, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but also in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. I think salvation here, if your Greek prof's here, we'll, I'll talk about it with him, but it, it can be taken to mean what you have in Christ, your justification. Work it out. Let it show. I think it means here just the general meaning of the word, your good health. He's, gotten, he's going to get on this church for this kind of a conflict between Neoticus and Syntica. You probably know the problem. Uh, both of them thought their name sounded better and was easier to spell, and they had a controversy, kind of split the church. So he says, work out your salvation. I'm going to use it personally and say an application would be, you work out your good health or, if you wish, let your salvation work out of you, but you're responsible. Hello, I'm responsible for the way I act. The devil didn't make me do it, and neither did God make me do it. I just want to talk about our human heart. I got to pastor, yes, 43 years, met a lot of people, and some people are just plain mean. Some people don't want to love. Some people are amazing in their love. I had a wonderful time at both churches where I led and served, and it's, it's up to each person. Each one is responsible. Abraham Lincoln said this. Each person over 40 is responsible for his own face. And he meant your mood, your, how you treat others. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame anybody else. Work out your own salvation. Work out is what you think of with the weight room over there, or the, the machines or people walking around this track. You work out. It's, it's an area where we're responsible for our own selves. Do you believe that? Will you take responsibility for how you care about other people the rest of your life? So he says, I want you to be united, church. I want you to love each other. Think, think strongly about the other person. That's hard to do. Be unselfish and work out your salvation. Then he says, well, be like Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, 
And then he tells how wonderful that is, but he says, now, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it's a serious matter. Because God cares how each of us lacks, how we love, how we are lazy. And I just urge us to take responsibility. We're going to talk about each of us being responsible for our own hearts. Now, I went through Philippians. I won't, I'll be careful about time, and I won't do it here, but listen to some of these words that say, you work out. He said in first, uh, first chapter, verse 5, he says, our partnership in the gospel. You're partners with Dr. Lytle here, and in a local church, you're partners with the leaders of the church, and we're partners with each other. But that means I got to do something. In this case, it's a partner with God. He says, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, love each other. Love is a choice. So you work out. You got to do it. Uh, he, he, he talks in chapter 1, verse 10, about discerning what's good and evil. Huh? That means you choose. If you're going to have sex before marriage, you choose. If you're going to be selfish the rest of your life. You discern. In chapter uh, 2, verse 7, or, or 1, verse 27, he says, conduct yourselves. In other words, you work out. You conduct yourself. Don't blame anybody. Well, the reason I did this, he's, he's talking about our responsibility. Chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you. Who lets the mind be in me? I decide. So the human heart, and I mean the emotional center of our lives, the spiritual center of our will, how we decide to live our lives is our choice. Work out your salvation. Uh, I was driving along one day and I heard an ad to, you could send for this CD, uh, learn piano playing in 45 minutes. I didn't send for it. I play the piano by ear, but I thought, I don't think anybody can learn to really play in 45. Workout is a long haul kind of thing. Are you going to do that the rest of your life? I, I, think, I think you're committed to it or you wouldn't be here at a good Christian school like this. Workout, I'm responsible for me. One Olympic coach a number of years ago, I remember writing it down. He said, the difference in athletes at this stage of life is the size of their wanna, the size of their will. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's an issue that we have to decide, and the human heart depends on it. That's what he's saying, an issue. Hit the right button, Newt. The common ways of working out are scripture, prayer, that's right. Worship, paying attention when somebody's studied something and teaching you. Uh, work out as a little kid, listening when your parents help you look at life. Why can't I run as fast as these guys? I mean, there's no, you don't know that I can't, but I'll just tell you. They worked out. The, the issue of any good athlete, I wish I could run like that. Well, I didn't get that way by wishing one answer came one day. 
work out, the first part is we are responsible for our own lives. Now, we all fail. I, I live near Chicago, and one of my favorite players years ago in football was Mike Singletary. He was a linebacker for the Chicago Bears, and he stood like this, middle linebacker. You know what a middle linebacker does. He stares at the quarterback. If I were the quarterback, I'd say, look away, look away. But the camera could pick up his bright eyes from the end zone. And one time after a game, he was asked by Jim Nance. I saw the interview, CBS television. Mike, sometimes you get clobbered. You get knocked down by two or three guys, and you still get up and make the tackle over there on the other side. How do you do that? And Mike Singletary says, I get up. That was the answer. I get up. I get up. Say it with me. I get up. What does a Christian do when he falls? Well, sometimes he stays down. Get up. Work out your own salvation. And the next verse, so clear for our lives. So clear to get God's inner help. Look at it. Verse 13, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Huh? You just said, I'm supposed to work out my salvation, Paul. I'm supposed to work out my good health. I'm supposed to help work for unity and love in this place. Okay, God works in you. Maybe we can make it a condition, though, if you don't work out your salvation, if you don't work out your good health, why do some people have such strength in their faith in Jesus Christ? Some people try to obey him. Some people won't let themselves get in the backseat of a car at the wrong time with the wrong person. Some people want to have their lives be strong for Christ. Is it because God picked it's because they worked out their commitment and God does give them strength to do what's right. Do you believe that? Would you like to live that way the rest of your life? Work out your salvation for God works in you, inside you, who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Again, I went through these chapters, and just I'll just list them for you. It says, grace, when he starts his normal greeting, grace and peace to you from God the Father. That grace and peace only come from God. You can't manufacture them. Uh, in chapter 1, verse 8, he said that God will complete his work in you. Uh -huh. God will continue working in your heart to help you be obedient to him. In chapter 2, verse 1, he, or, let me mention 111. He mentions the fruit of God in your life, the, the product of God in your life. Some things only God can do, like genuine love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But... We work out, we give our hearts, we tend to sins, 
we try to be what God wants us to be, and he works in us to do what's right, to make us stronger in our faith. Your heart is the product of your working out and God working in your spirit, your soul, your heart. I urge you to believe that so that when you get to be my age, you won't be a bitter old man, so that you'll have a life that every day grows in him. In chapter 2, verse 1, he started with, if you have any encouragement from the being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, that's, he works inside us. He works in our spirits. And that's how he works in us. And it's a way of life for us. I saw an accident, didn't see it, I saw the pictures of it, that truck that came off the road on that ledge instead of going down. How do those things happen? I don't know. But God is sovereign, will work in us and help us be what he wants us to be. God has been behind some things in my life. I look back on, as a kid going through the death of my teenage sister, horrible kind of thing, a tragedy, a divorce of my parents before that, and death of a mother from cancer in her 40s. I don't like those things. You don't like what's happened to you. But somehow if we work our hearts toward God and think of him, he will work in our hearts, and he works by giving us strength, by helping us go a day at a time. One time I was talking to a Christian school group of grade school kids, and I said, I was talking about the Christian life, I said, how many steps at a time do you think the Apostle Paul walked? And you could see them thinking, let's see, we're talking chief apostle, we're talking a guy who changed the world with Christ's help. But how many steps at a time did he walk? Yeah, one. You do what's right today, you guys. You do what's right tomorrow. You work out your, your good health, your salvation, your, the Christ in you. And he will work in you. Now, I'm not a theologian, but I get to meet with pastors a lot. And one of the fun debates they have, I, some of them don't think it's fun, I do, but is which comes first, new birth or... Uh, uh, your belief in Christ you know uh, somebody not far from here made famous the doctrine the teaching that you can't be born again until you you can't believe until you're born again and so it gets confusing and it's fun for theologians who just like to stay in an office but clearly both are true God works in us but you work out both are true. Salvation. Jesus did it all on the cross. You know this. Do you believe this? All your sins were put on him. We just sang it so well. Every sin you ever committed, including tomorrow, were paid for by Jesus Christ, who, who cried out, my God. And then he also cried out, it is finished. It is paid for. 
your sin. And when you believe in him, that counts for you. Nobody goes to heaven with a zero. That gets you from minus whatever it is up to zero. He covers us. When I believed in Christ, even as a child, he covered me with his righteousness. Romans 4.1 says, 4.5, your faith is counted as righteousness. Huh? Your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior means that his death counts for you. His righteousness covers you. Now live that way. Do you believe that? Do you rest in that? I was brought up with a lot of legalisms. Uh, and when I would sin or do something stupid, I'd feel like, oh, there I go. You know, Bring me back, Lord, or claim me again or something. I was told if I went to a movie, if I were there when Jesus came, I wouldn't go to heaven. I was scared coming out of King Kong. That was a movie. You know, I looked around to see if cars were wrecking or if Jesus had really come back. Salvation is all Christ, but it's what he did. He, he died for all of our sins, paid for them. His righteousness covers us, but then live that way. Is that you? You work out your salvation. Let it be seen. God will continue to work in you like he did when he gave you new birth by his Spirit. That's the promise here, to get God's inner help. He works in our spirits, he works in our lives, he does sovereign things, and he works by his grace and by his spirit. I want you to believe that. We're going to talk the next two days about our heart and how we take care of it that way. So our part is 1 Corinthians 9, 5, uh, yeah, not in chapter 9. He says, buffet your body, meaning... Make it your slave. Do what's right. Sometimes you just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to read that. In, in 2 Peter, he says, make every effort. Yeah, it's up to me. Everybody here will be about as strong spiritually as you decide to be. And if you decide to be strong, you'll look back and say, man, God, God helped me so many times or brought people into my lives in so many good ways. You work together with him. His heart, your heart. Are you willing to take that responsibility? The, the, the scripture is filled with this. One of our neighbors had this beautiful vegetable garden. How's come God gave them, God grows vegetables. How's come he gave them veggies and we don't have any of those? I have a picture of an actual garden near us where we lived in Akron, Ohio. Flowers like that. We didn't have any. Well, we had a few. How do they get all the flowers from God? Well, you know what I'm going to say. They worked out. They planted the seeds. They took out the weeds. Why are some people strong in their commitment to Christ? Why? Their heart is unselfish so much of the time. Why? Because they work out. Because they allow God to work in them and help them with that kind of heart. Is that what you believe? You can't, you can't live life without deciding how you're going to do this with God's help and his grace. 
The next verse I don't really like to talk about, and it's, it's there because it, it's in this context that he says, well, look at it, 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He will work in your life. But to add to that, he says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Whoa. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Whoa. And while you're working out, don't compare yourself. Look what God did with that person. Or how come she has that and I don't get that? Or he. Don't complain. Don't, don't trust God's sovereignty. There's a sense in which all of us have to say, you meant it unto evil, but God meant it unto good. Genesis 50. All things can work together for good. I don't like what happened, but I'm going to trust him, and my heart will be his. As a pastor and as a friend, I've met people, I certainly break these rules I'm teaching at times, but I've met people that never work out, never read, never talk to somebody about their sins or their habits? How do you get into big-time pornography? How do you get into big-time selfishness? You don't work at it. You just let yourself go. And in my heart, in your heart, dwells no good thing. So he says, Christians work out to get God's inner help and don't complain. I I mean, we all ought to complain a little bit. I mean, you may have gotten a test the other day or recently or still to come that doesn't seem fair to you. Go ahead, complain for five seconds, but then you gotta say, but I gotta do better at this. I gotta figure out what kind of test. But it's especially true with life's tests. Don't complain, don't say it. Yeah, but he grew up in a home where the mother and the father were, no, don't do that but rest in him who is Lord. Will you do that? Is that the way you will live? I know we're picking it up right in the middle of Philippians, but this is a church that has its problems. And he's going to talk about joy and peace, and he's going to talk about unity even some more, and what we should think about, and all kinds of ways in this letter about how we work out. But in the end, he's going to say, It's God who receives glory, who is honored. So your late teenager, early 20s, or older as a student, you're you're a prof here, you're on staff, you're responsible for how much you work with your spirit and your heart. You decide if you're going to love and reach out and do the things that are in the Bible. Love is righteous action to meet the needs of another. You don't always feel like it, but you do it as much as you can because it's right to do, because you're working out. And God works in you. 
When a mother changes the diapers of her baby, she feels good afterwards, but not doing it. The point is, you work out, you do what's right, and the feelings of satisfaction, and you help somebody, and you did what was right, and you broke up with that person because it wasn't going the way God would want it to go. You work out, and God works in you, gives you peace and joy and the other evidences of his presence. There was an old movie called, book also called Chariots of Fire. Maybe you're too young. It was about two people who showed this text in their lives. One of them was Eric Little, who later became a missionary to China, but the big thing is, as a young person, he worked out his good health with Christ, obeyed him. The other person was called Harold Abrams, and Harold ran for Harold Abrams, and they both were in the Paris Olympics. When Eric Little won the gold, after working so hard, he gave the glory of God to God. He Tebowed before it was famous. He looked up to heaven. He laughed. He lived for God's glory. When Harold Abrams won the gold in his event, he didn't know what to do with it. He went out and got drunk with his coach, Sam Musabini. The movie says it well or shows it well in the book, too. Harold Abrams lived for Harold Abrams. And when you live for yourself, what do you do with the gold? What do you do at the end of life? Look in the mirror? Harold Abrams was sitting in a Paris cafe and is with his coach, Sam Musabini, forgive my language, and Sam Musabini sees he's being depressed. He wants to get drunk because he doesn't know how to handle the gold. And Musabini says to him, Harold, the whole world can go to hell. Tell him you won for you and old Sam Musabini, and that's all that matters. And he just continues getting drunk. It's not enough to live for yourself. It's not right to just go through life and not work out, and God will work in you. Will you do that? Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus Christ who worked out his good health and obeyed you in every way. Thank you for what Paul teaches us here. As you pray, not out loud, but just in your own heart, thank God that he will work in you and he will help you work your own will and decide to do what's right and to grow. By all means, if you're not sure of a connection with Christ that's eternal and good and real, ask God to help you make this personal and true. God, thank you for Jesus Christ who walked with you, who showed us how to live. Thank you for the daily life of ups and downs to teach us to trust you and obey you. We pray together that every young man, young woman here, every adult will learn even more, me too, first, to work with you, to grow with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord.
Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Clark Summit University's Chapel Series. Visit www.clarksummitu.edu to learn more about CSU. Become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate through on-campus and online degree programs. Look for us on social media at Clark Summit U and share your feedback.